You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. I'm here, Aaron Sear. Cooley's going to join us briefly because he's running out of phone juice. We're going to get to him in a moment uh, and maybe another guest uh, before the end of the show. Um, Let me just start with what, to me, was the most interesting part of last night going into the game and after the game, and that was Dwayne Haskins in his debut as a professional quarterback in a preseason game. I was impressed, and uh, although, you know, as I've said very often over the years about these preseason games, they are misleading. You can evaluate, you know, player stuff as a fan, but you don't even really know. The coaches know, but there were things about Dwayne Haskins last night that I liked, and I think that we will see, this is a prediction, that we will see enough progress made in this preseason and then my you know, confidence level being not very high with respect to the other two quarterbacks, Colt McCoy and Case Keenum, I think Dwayne Haskins will start his first regular season game before week four. Or, I'm sorry, by week four. I think the giant game in week four is the latest he will end up being in the starting lineup. Uh, Cooley coming up. Let's get to the game take. Pay attention. Here's Kevin's game take. All right. Uh, in these preseason game takes, you know, there's nothing that you can really go over in terms of the results, the scoring drives, you know, a, a key third down stop or a crucial third down make or a bad coaching decision. Uh, it, it just doesn't apply to the preseason. So you focus in on players and performances and what you saw, you know, based on talent, sort of raw talent. Jimmy Moreland was the star of the game, the seventh-round pick from JMU. We heard from the jump this year that this guy could play, even though he played at the FCS level at James Madison. Cooley told me after the first OTA on this podcast, I said to him, what about Moreland? He goes, well, Moreland's a lock to make the team. And I said, oh, really, a seventh-round pick? He said, no, 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 he's a lock to make the team, and he will likely start when we get to the regular season. Uh, he broke up three passes, forced two fumbles, and had six tackles. That's a highly productive preseason game for your first one as a rookie. Uh, corners don't walk into this league and dominate in their rookie year. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to keep a ball hawk guy like him off the field, given what this team will likely need, which is great defense, a defense that turns people over, shortens fields, all of that. Um, he was the star, if you want to call it that, of the Redskins in the preseason opener. I like Casanova McKenzie. I've mentioned his name many times, including back to last year, number 58 in your program. I just think he is one of those obvious speed guys off the edge defensively. He got hurt late in the game. I don't know if it's serious. I just like McKenzie. I thought Tim Settle looked the part as a defensive tackle. The Virginia Tech standout, uh, standout, and now in his second season here, he's big, he's athletic, he's strong. He was coached by Bud Foster. I think Tim Settle's future uh, as a Redskin is uh, not in doubt uh, in terms of being a part of this franchise for years to come and being part of that rotation as early as the beginning of this year. And it's a pretty good rotation to begin with. I thought the uh, the fifth rounder, uh, Wes Martin, was very impressive at guard. As much as you can evaluate guard play as an outsider, as a guy watching from his couch in a preseason game, you don't really know what their responsibilities are. He looked big, strong, physical. I thought the running back, uh, Craig Reynolds, who played late, Theismann recommended that we keep an eye on him on the radio show yesterday. I thought he looked really good. He's also surprisingly 225 pounds. Doesn't look like uh, he's 225 pounds given his quick feet and explosion. I thought he was impressive. And then we get to Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, to me, impressed me last night. And I put it out on Twitter, Aaron, and a lot of, you know, are you are you watching the same game I'm watching? A lot of negative responses, Oshian, now that you're back on radio, now you got rose-colored glasses again, all of this stuff. Um, and then I got on radio this morning at 980 and took a lot of calls, and people were, I think, you know, equally as impressed. Look, he had some bad plays. He had two interceptions. But here's the net of it on Dwayne Haskins. I basically, you know, I think most of you know, I, I, I think Mike Shanahan is one of the best coaches and one of the best offensive minds and quarterback gurus 
in you know recent NFL history. You know, going back two, three decades. He is a friend of mine. I talk to him, uh, you know, fairly often about football. He's come on the podcast a bunch of times. I like Mike a lot. He knows quarterbacks, and we were having a conversation once about maybe it was Kirk Cousins, I think. And he said, "Look, there are things that you can coach up and guys can improve on, but they'll never be great at it if it's not innate, if it's not natural." And those are the things you look for in quarterbacks to see if they have these natural abilities. First of all, there are things like size and strength and arm strength that you can't teach, really, right? You can't teach size. And Haskins has all that. He's got the size, he's got the presence, and he's got the arm. But the other things, really, are things that, again, I'm not a football coach. I don't know... I wouldn't know what to look for in a quarterback from a technical standpoint, but Mike Shanahan told me a while back, and I think it was as it related to, uh, I think it was um, specific to Kirk Cousins. He said, number one, there is an innate feel pocket presence thing that guys either have or they don't have. You know, it's the basketball vision. You know, when you're leading a fast break, you got guys that got eyes in the back of their head. They've got good peripheral vision. They've got good feel. They understand spacing and timing. And you know the guys that have that. And then there are guys that are straight ahead track athletes and can't see anything, you know, out of their periphery. And he goes, it's you can coach some of that, but basically your upside, if you don't have it innately, you know, is limited. Well, one of the things that was obvious to me last night is that Dwayne Haskins has really good pocket presence. Those two quick scrambles on dropbacks where he felt the pressure and he stepped up away from the pressure and then immediately in a very decisive way took off and scrambled for eight yards on one and then 13 on the other. That one got called back uh, a courtesy of a holding penalty. It was impressive to me. He's got that naturally. Shanahan's also told me about guys that throw with anticipation versus guys that don't. You can coach up better anticipation, but if you haven't, if you have it innately and you have the feel for throwing guys open rather than waiting for guys to get open and then throwing it, you have a real good chance to be a good quarterback. Haskins throws with anticipation. You can see it. You can, now, again, no game planning, not even starters on the field for him, but you could see some of that stuff. Um, look, the, the last part of this, and Aaron, you watched college football. You and I are huge college football fans. I am convinced after watching Dwayne Haskins last night and his obvious mobility that a lot of us didn't think he really had. I never really considered him to be totally immobile. You know, he was in a zone read shotgun you know, style of offense, quick throws, and he had to scramble every once in a while, but it was more of a lumbering big dude scramble. A Roethlisberger style A scramble. Roethlisberger scramble. Not last night. This dude has either lost weight or lost body fat or just worked out and gotten quicker and faster, had quick feet, was decisive, and I thought he moved pretty well. And then, by the way, slid very well at, one of, at the end of one of those runs. Had a read option keeper for, I don't know, eight or nine yards. Had an escape from a, a clear-cut sack that he got out of the pocket and nearly completed a throw down the field. That was impressive. The net of it on Haskins is... The stuff that's hard to teach and hard to coach, he has naturally. The things that he doesn't do very well are coachable. Footwork, not very good, not very consistent. It leads to the inaccuracy that he sometimes has, and his inaccuracy is a high throw. It's a, it's a throw that sails, and you saw that last year at Ohio State. Go watch the Michigan State game, third and ten. Big, you know, Michigan State's defense was nasty. They did not convert many third downs, and it's because he got pressured, his footwork got bad, and the ball sailed. And you saw that last night, but that's coachable. I also love the fact that he wasn't rattled, uh, looked the part out there. Now, he comes from Ohio State. You know, I was listening to Doc on the way in, and, and Doc made the point. He's like, you know, the spring game had twice as many people at Ohio State than the preseason game did last night in Cleveland. You know, he's used to this. He's played big-time college football, big-pressure spots. He was not, you know, he was totally up to the occasion of a first preseason game with, by the way, a lot of pressure. You know, a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs on him last night. I also thought he competed really well. I also thought he looked comfortable in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage. 
I was encouraged by his performance. I was impressed. You know, we'll see if it continues. But one of the things I know, I know what Case Keenum is. I know what Colt McCoy is. And neither one of them is going to lead you to anything significant in terms of organizational results. They're just not. So I think if if Haskins continues to make progress, and I'd give him the reps, and he got two quarters last night, I'd give him starters reps next week with starting players with him against hopefully starting players for the Bengals. Get him his reps. Find out if he can you know close the gap between himself and Colton Case. And if it's close, I'd play him. And if it's getting close, then I certainly wouldn't wait long to play him. And I will say what I've said multiple times on this uh, podcast and the radio show for the last week. If we get to week four or five or six, and they're one and three, or they're two and, and three, or one and four, and the quarterback play isn't very good, and he's still sitting, that will be a red flag for me. Um, the other, uh, the, the so the criticism, here, here, here are the three criticisms. They're pass protection, Jerron Christian, some of the others, especially against Miles Garrett. Obviously, they're not game planning, they're not chipping. You know, you're not going to see one-on-one Miles Garrett against anybody other than Trent Williams in a real game. Miles Garrett's a, he's an MVP, a defensive MVP talent. He's that good. Um, Samaje Pirine's weak pass pro attempt with, uh, Dwayne Haskins in there that got Haskins hit was really a lack of competition in in my view. Um, but Jerron Christian and the others, you know, the pass protection wasn't very good. Probably made a case for Trent Williams if this thing is about money. I didn't think Case Keenum looked that good. He threw the only touchdown of the game. It was a broken coverage, a busted coverage for Cleveland. I just know what Case Keenum is. I mean, you put a great team around him, a healthy, great team around him like he had in 2017, great defense, big-time offensive line and running game, great receivers, which, by the way, and I know everybody will roll their eyes and say he's making excuses for Kirk. Kirk didn't have that last year. Had the receivers, but everybody else was hurt or out, and the coaches weren't there that were there the the year before. Um, I just have never been a massive Case Keenum fan. I don't hate him. Like, I, I think he's fine in a pinch, but some of you were really excited when they traded for him. I wasn't. If if you start him 16 games for this team, 6-10 and is the best you're going to do. What was Denver last year? 6-10, and 10, right? With a great defense and with a rookie of the year running back. I know they didn't have great wide receivers, but that's what he is. He's a 6-10 and 10 quarter, quarterback. Get Haskins on the field, please, sooner rather than later. Get him coached up. Get him comfortable. Let's see him earlier. I think you will. I really do. Uh, the last criticism is this. Um, I just don't love the fact that nobody played for them last night. Your starters basically sat, you know, 95% of them anyway. Your projected week start one starters dressed, worked out, and then didn't play. Uh, other teams are doing the same thing. The Redskins aren't the only team. Um, the Redskins haven't won anything with any of their players for a long period of time. And they keep doing preseason sort of the same way, year in and year out. You know, guys that I don't understand why the team would be so confident about didn't play last night. You know, uh, Paul Richardson uh, didn't play last night. Um, None of your starting offensive linemen played last night. Like, is Morgan Moses that great that he can just sit the first preseason game? I understand that if Ryan Kerrigan's going to sit out the first – you know what you have in Ryan Kerrigan. You know what you have in Adrian Peterson. I understand that. You probably know what you have in Josh Norman to a certain degree. Do you really know what you have in Monte Nicholson yet? He didn't play. I heard Doc say this morning, he goes, Monte Nicholson did not play. Seriously? No, he – he, he's serious. He didn't play. And so instead, you got Troy Apke and DeShazer Everett. I like Everett to a certain, you know, I, I can't start for you. He might have to. Um, anyway, uh, it's the it's it's the old, you know, adage, you know, keep making the same mistakes over and over again and expecting, you know, new results is, is just a, a bad path. Um, and I don't think Jay Gruden has learned anything from these preseasons in the past. I don't think any sh- anybody should be, you know, sitting out as if they earned the right to sit out the first preseason game. None of them have, really. If Trent Williams were in uniform, fine. Adrian Peterson, fine. Ryan Kerrigan, fine. That's the list. I wouldn't even sit John Allen. 
John Allen's proven something here in two seasons, but he's a third-year player. Get him the hell out there. Get Deron Payne out there. Darius Geis, I hope it was because he was hurt. Jay Gruden said after the game he's got reasons for all of the guys that sat. Okay. Uh, You better be ready in the opener or we're going to just absolutely annihilate you again if you come out in the opener at Philadelphia and look ill-prepared with your starting lineup that barely played in the preseason. I was happy that he let uh, Dwayne Haskins chuck the ball 18 times. Um, I, I said, I think on the podcast yesterday, I'd like to see 60 uh, 14 times, I'm sorry, he threw it 14 times. I'd like to see 60 pass attempts in the preseason from him, minimum. And whoever's going to start in Philadelphia, the next two weeks, I want 40-plus attempts. That's what they should be doing there. All right, a uh, quick word about stamps.com. Uh, if you're a small business like ours, you need stamps.com. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Right now, over 700,000 small businesses, including ours, uses stamps.com. It brings all of the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer, whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com handles it all with ease. Here's how you do it. You use your computer. You print official U.S. postage 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once it's ready, hand it to your mail carrier or drop it off in a mailbox. It's that simple. Here are the savings opportunities. You get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. It's a no-brainer. Saves you time and money. Right now, my listeners get an offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Here's how you get it. Stamps.com, upper right-hand corner, the microphone Click that on on the top of the homepage and use my code, KevinDC. That's K-E-V-I-N-D-C. Stamps.com. Enter KevinDC. All right, let's bring in uh, Cooley, who is on the road back from Cleveland, and he his phone is dying, so we're going to get as much time in with him as we can because his charger isn't working or you broke it somehow. And I don't want to hear the story because I want to hear you talk about football here. What did you like last night? What didn't you like? I liked that Dwayne played a lot. And that they got him, you know, 14, what, 14 attempts and probably 15 or 16 dropbacks. I think that he, he gets a lot from that. I liked a couple of the young receivers. Um, I thought that Ryan Anderson looked pretty good last night, DeShazer Everett, a couple of young players. But, you know, there wasn't a ton to really like from that game, in my opinion. Before I get to what I didn't like, I, I want to address it. it it's a practice. <laughs> it, and, and you can look at it the game as, as much as you want, but I'm not overly caught up in the fact that they they didn't look good. As far as what I didn't like, I, I didn't like that they didn't play any of their starters. Right. I just I, – I didn't. You, you understand that Jay's been this – team's head coach for a while and that these systems have been in place but you got put behind the curve a little bit because you played your twos against Cleveland's ones and then you end up having you know your threes against their twos later in the game and I think after a month of camp or and all the OTAs and everything that they've been in I think you need to feel some success and I think you need to set a standard with your first team to say this is who we are and moving forward the twos and threes and if you want to compete this is what you're competing against and and players recognize that in the game so i didn't like that deron Payne and john allen second and third year players are are exempt from playing in the first game it just i got no problem with those guys playing and if it's three series it's three series if you're worried about injury it's 15 plays these guys are going to play a thousand plays this season so that 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 to me was what i didn't like and and, you know i think you could have got a lot better looks that that you that you wanted to get with some of those guys um i totally agree with that i don't understand it now just so you know because you probably weren't paying attention to the rest of the games a lot of teams approached this first pre uh, preseason game the same way and didn't play you know the majority the significant majority of their starters so it's not like they're the only team doing it but he hasn't had success doing it this way 
And, you know, I heard Doc this morning say, how can Monte Nicholson, after his offseason, get rewarded and not have to play at all in this first preseason game? Are you that confident in Monte Nicholson? Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of young players that, that didn't play in the game that there's no reason for them not to play. And, you know, any team can do whatever they want to do, but you're, you're a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in the last couple of years. And, look, I get that that's the new trend. I, I do. But at the same time, I think there's a problem with giving you guys a couple series and, and trying to score. you got to feel so good if you're Cleveland, oh, yeah. watching Baker Mayfield on that first drive, go down the field and watching – your young defense and Miles Garrett come off the ball for a couple snaps and just leave the game with with a good feel from it. Now, obviously, you could have an injury and it'd be it'd be catastrophic to have that in the first preseason game. But come on. Well, you could have you that know? next week or in week three. Uh, I'm with yeah, you. You could have it in week one of the regular season right. and you could have it in, right, in look, camp. Look, I I never wanted to play in the preseason, especially the first couple games and. I know it's it's not. I know it's not for real. But Kev, you know, if you're a head coach or you're whatever, you're there. You tell your guys, look, this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to play three series, and you're going to be done. So get yourself ready to play. Or we're going to play two series, and you're going to be done. Not we'll see. We'll play into the first quarter. You never. It's always a surprise. Like I don't know why it needs to be a surprise. You play three series, you're done. You play 15 plays, you're done. Whatever it is. So I, I got that's what I didn't particularly like. And, and I just look, especially on offense. Now, I know that they think their defense is going to be good, and I know John Allen doesn't need to play. Trust me, I know that. But on offense, you don't know you don't know what you're going to be. You got a bunch of young receivers. You got some, some questions at offensive line, especially on the left side. You don't know what you're going to be. And why did and, Terry McLaurin play one snap? I, I've heard so many good things about him, and maybe that's an indication that they, they've seen enough of him and that he's ready to play. But he, I'd like to see him play. Why, how can it hurt for him to get reps in that game last night? Well, I think we talked about it earlier this week in, in saying a lot of these young players, you know, you want to see what they can do with the ball in their hands. You want to see what they can do off script a little bit. Can they make a play, you know? And those are the things you find out when you when you get a couple games. And so, I don't know. That's a weird thing, though. That Terry McLaurin one-snap thing is a weird thing. And I think Jay was asked about it, and he said, well, he played, didn't he? <laughs> no, he didn't play. Yeah, he really he did. He 100% absolutely did not play. <laughs> so, that's not – that's not – he didn't play. All right, I, I, I want to hear your evaluation of Dwayne Haskins last night. You and I were on the same page coming in before the draft, you know, not super high on him. This was the first chance to just see him as a pro quarterback in a preseason game. All of the, you know, all of the disclaimers are out there. It's preseason, starters are out, you're playing against twos and threes, no game planning, the whole thing. But what did you see? Well, that first throw he made was a heck of a throw, wasn't it? On the run, rolling right. Yep. To Kidzy. I think the one um, that got fumbled was a great throw. That was uh, that was a good throw. That was a tight window ball. I mean, that was a risky throw. But here, here's what I saw. I mean, he threw two picks that were were bad picks. I loved it. I, I loved it. I think it's great for him to make those mistakes. He needs it. Um, I know that you know Daniel Jones came out and looked looked amazing and. He could have made it real simple for him, but he needs to make those mistakes now. He needs to get 15, 20 throws, 20 dropbacks in the next three games apiece and see things, you know? He's been playing against one defense and one defensive style for the last three months. Still still same types of coverages and stuff, but Cleveland plays in different. And he, and he did game plan for it, and he didn't get ready for it, and I think it's I think it's something for him to look back on and say, okay, how do I fix this? How do I get better? Um, so I thought it was good. I think that there's – we talked about this as well, the, the protection stuff. Now, there's so much that goes into protecting the quarterback at the line of scrimmage, including his calls and his checks and the calls that the offensive line has to relay and make. And I mean, They need to work on that. 
that's another thing that he's going to have to continue to work on. But to me, you know, I'm, I'm going to get overwhelmed with with what he was in the first preseason game. I, I don't mind at all that he didn't have great success. He made some good throws, though. Made some good throws, made some bad choices, and had a couple problems at the line of scrimmage. And that's something for him to spend a lot of time on this week thinking about and working on. Um, we haven't talked since the game ended. This is our first opportunity to talk. Um, I just spent 10 minutes saying that I was impressed with his performance last night, you know, and maybe it's because my expectations aren't super high. I will concede that point. Here were the things that I thought were impressive. They're the things that Shanahan and other people have told me are things that you've got to have naturally, innately, uh, because they're more difficult to coach. You can coach them, but eventually you're limited if you don't have it innately. I I thought his presence in the pocket was very, very noticeable, that he's got good feel, he's got good vision, he's got decent feet in the pocket. I thought he was very decisive on those two scrambles. They were two of my favorite plays of the game. I'll get to the mobility here in a moment. Um, I also think he throws with anticipation. And Mike always said, you know, guys that throw with anticipation naturally – you got big upside with. Those that don't, you can coach it, but it's never going to be great. I think he throws with anticipation. I also thought last night that, um, well, clearly he's got arm strength and he's big and he can see and all of that. Um, I also thought, Cooley, um, last night that the mobility, I watched, you know I watch a lot of college football, and I never said really that he was totally immobile. He played for Urban Meyer. I mean, they ran a lot of zone read, and, and, and he could run. But when he ran, he looked like a big dude. He ran like Roethlisberger, all right? Last night, maybe he's lost weight. Maybe he's in better shape. Maybe he's got lower body fat. Maybe he's increased his quickness or whatever. He actually, to me, showed some decent mobility for a big guy. So I, I've been saying this, and, and I really watched every play that Dwayne had at Ohio State. I've, I've watched everything. He has some mobility, some good feel in the pocket. He doesn't have any shiftiness, but you don't need shiftiness as a quarterback. He, he make a quick decision when you have to leave the pocket and you get downfield a few yards and you slide. And very capable of doing that. So I'm not. I'm, I think I've I've heard that a few times from a few people. He did that a lot, especially later in the season at Ohio State last year. That's not uncommon. But so, the way, but the uh, way he scrambled at Ohio State, I, you're right. It wasn't uncommon that he scrambled or that he ran. I mean, he kept the ball a lot on zone reads. But to me, it looked more like Roethlisberger running, and last Brian, night it looked more like an athlete running. Yeah, I think there were times, especially early in the season, that it, it, he didn't look as athletic last year. But I thought towards the later half of the season, he made some athletic scrambles that I, okay. I was impressed with. That's all, that's all I'm saying is I don't, I don't think that's a new thing. You know, he's not incredibly fast. But here, well, here's the other thing, and I, I say this all the time, is five flat, five one, you're pretty fast, man. It's not four four speed. But, you, you know, yeah, I, I'll bet you I can't run a five five right now. Most guys on this random guys don't run – under five five. Wait, five five flat still pretty fast. You're not slow, is what I'm saying. What could I run not, right now? Not a, there's no way you run under a six flat, but you could Peloton your butt off. <laughs> I, mean, I love that about you. Yeah, true. Um I don't I mean look, it's again, all of the disclaimers. With that said, I, I, I turned the T V off last night and I said, you know what, I can't wait to see him next week. And I hope he gets quicker reps earlier in the game with starters against the Bengals and plays two more quarters on Thursday night against Cincinnati. We both know what Keenum and Colt are. I want him in there sooner rather than later. And I guess last night, even though it's the preseason, I took a step towards I really want to see him in a regular season game sooner rather than later. And I think he will be in a game sooner rather than later. And I'm talking about the first four weeks of the season. I don't know. I, I, we, I told you they have to make a decision on whether it's Colt or Case because when you make that decision, you got to start working your receivers with those guys and Paul Richardson. And if, it, if Josh Doxson's going to be the, one of the guys that's got to play and McLaurin's got to play. And, and those, guys, those guys haven't earned the right to not play in the preseason. They need to play all the way through the time that Dwayne plays because you need to find out how Dwayne operates with his starting group. You love the young kids, 
and maybe Cam Sims plays a little bit this season, and maybe Robert Davis continues to play. He looked good. But I want to see them play with both quarterbacks. They, they, that's how they're going to build some, some confidence, especially young players. Young players really look back, especially in the first preseason, and those are the moments where they believe that they can make it in this league or that they can have great success. So I want to see them with Dwayne. I think you have to do that. I just, I know that coaches now are, are so sure of scheme and system and what they're doing and their ability to practice it and how they operate in practice, but games are different, and that, that's just what it is. It's it's not that game from last night. You don't have to take, like you don't have to look at the whole game in its entirety. You can look up every. Mm. He's driving through the mountains of Pennsylvania right now, so yeah. we will let the uh, let the phone clear. He's also down to his last couple of percentage points of juice on the phone. You there? Uh-huh. Yeah, we don't have you him right can hear now. Me. Yeah, we got you. You're back now. Go ahead. I'm at one. I'm at one. Okay. Yeah. So you find coming out coming up games. to Breezewood. I, I, I'm getting pretty close to Breezewood. Okay. Yeah. I'm at. I'm. At, I got one percent left. So okay. Won't well, tell you you'll just you'll just you know die out figuratively on us. <laughs> and maybe he just did. No, I'm here. Okay. Well, go ahead. Just what? What about Moreland? You told me after the first OTA, Moreland's going to start for this team. How good was he last night? I, he forced two fumbles. Yeah. You know how big that is, and he's ball hawk when it's thrown at him, and he'll have picks this year. That's something I'm sure of. If Moreland plays, he'll have some picks. I, I think he got challenged a lot more than he's used to getting challenged. Look at a guy at JMU last year that. One of the best corners in the FCS. Ain't going to challenge him. Right. You're Delaware State. You're not going to challenge Jimmy Moreland. So he's got to get used to having the ball thrown at him a little bit more. He gave up three or four. But at the same time, he made two turnovers. You create two turnovers. You create a turnover in every game, and you're oh. a first. You're you're incredible. I was I like Jimmy, and he's tough, and he fights. Yeah, I liked him too. Um. Let me just mention a couple of names. I like number 58, McKenzie. He got hurt at the end. I liked him last year. I talked to you about him last year. To me, he's pure speed off the edge. Is there a spot for him on this team and maybe even in the game when we get to the regular season? Yeah, I think there's a spot for Casanova. He's got he's got an explosion to him. Yes. And and, and he's a hard worker and he's a great dude and and yeah, I think that there's there's a 100% a spot you know, you got the first couple spots locked up, but you need four or five of those guys. You need four outside linebackers, if not five. Uh, I thought Settle looked totally different than last year. Like, he is physically overpowering. Did you see the same thing? Yeah, Settle's really transformed his body over the last over the course of the last year and is, in, is a very good player and is, is going to be very underrated for this team because of Ioannidis Allen and Payne and, and – the guys that they have in there, but Tim Settle's a very good player. They were fortunate to get him later in the draft. Um, did Trent, if this is about money, did Trent Williams make progress last night? No. I, I mean, I don't know how that rotation worked and why that rotation worked the way it did with Jaron Christian playing the first series, but the way we kind of all looked at it in the booth was you knew – Case Keenum was going to play a couple series, and then you wanted Donald Penn in to protect your first-round draft pick. Oh, you think that's what it was? That's no one told me that, but that would make sense. That would make sense is, and or or maybe Jaron Christian to get looks against Miles Garrett. I don't know, but (laughs) Donald hasn't been here too long. But I I like Donald Penn and Wes Martin on that left side more than I like the, the first couple that they had in. That dude, Miles Garrett, not because of last night, but because of what he's you saw so in the second half of last year. He's a he's a contender for a future defensive MVP. Yeah, he's he's incredibly explosive. Oh my God! See, that's just one of those guys for this team. We got one of those. Hopefully, guys. in Sweat, that, I think that, we do yeah, too. That was the goal. Is is Sweat is one of those explosive guys? Yep, I agree. Um, but that changes things to have that guy. Yeah, and. Hopefully we'll see him next Thursday night. Um, 
I guess that's it. I, you're, you're running out of juice and you've covered just about everything. Oh, the one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, you know, the three series for Case Keenum, he looked uncomfortable to me. I, I'm sure it's because it was twos against ones. What did you see? Yeah, that he had a lot of pressure in the pocket and did look a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. He got behind the curve a little bit as well. You know, that first drive, he had a decent scramble and get, picked up a first down, but then you get a penalty and you're set back. And, and I think that makes it tough. And he, he also didn't have his starting receivers. Right. You know, he didn't. That Trey, Trey was the only guy that was really what you call a starter right now as he played with him. And, and they didn't run the ball well. That was another thing that I – well, that was one thing that I, I wasn't overly impressed with was their lack of ability to, to make any movement at the line of scrimmage to run the football. They didn't look good. Backs, I didn't think the backs looked great throughout the night, and they didn't run the ball effectively. I that's like something to... you can do in the preseason, though, because that's not that big of a game plan problem. Right. Your run, your run game has answers for schemes. It's not like the quarterback has to really see anything. I didn't think they they had any real success running the football. I thought twenty two looked like a player, um, Reynolds. Yeah, he made a couple plays for sure. Reynolds looks like he's kind of got something to him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. You'll see. You got Geis and Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson yeah. who didn't play as well. So right, Exactly. All right. Uh, drive safely. Thanks for doing this. Talk to you soon. All right. Chris Cooley, everybody. Uh, if you're listening to this show on iTunes, rate us, review us. It helps. Also, subscribe. Doesn't cost you anything. And you'll get this show downloaded automatically to your phone on a daily basis. Uh, the show is also available at thekevinsheehanshow.com for those that haven't heard it that want to listen and don't do it uh, via their phone. All right, let's bring in John Keim, who, of course, covers the team for ESPN and ESPN.com, and he was there last night back in his you know, home area. Um, and you know, one of the things that I think a lot of you know about John, uh, that, and it's a re- one of the reasons I wanted him on today, is John's an Ohio State guy and watched every single Haskins game and every single Haskins play. And that's where I want to start. I- I- I'll start by just telling you what I've said on the podcast, and I just had a conversation with Cooley as well, I was much more encouraged than discouraged for a number of reasons. I won't get into them in detail. I've already done that. Um, big big picture takeaway from you on Haskins last night was what? I think it's a lot of what I expect, and it's a lot of what we've seen. You see, you see him make some throws. When he's, when he's right, you see the talent, and it just comes out, and it's like, oh, that's a big-time play. That throw to Kidsey down the left side against the cover two was a really not many quarterbacks are going to make that play, you know. And so, like you see that when he was right with his taking hitting the plant step, taking that hitch and getting out, good. His his ability to get out of some pressure is what we as you know for all, as an Ohio State guy last year you saw that toward the end of the year his his willingness to run more and he's not a statue back there, but he has to know more. He has to get better with the operational side. Some of those the interceptions are just they're bad throws. I mean, you know, and Jay Gruden said on the, on the little wheel route, you've got to let the guy clear a little bit more. And it looked like to me he was trying to dump a, you know, just dump that perfect pass, but you can't make that if the linebacker is sitting there. And the other one is clearly a miscommunication or a misdiagnosis of a play or a route or whatever. You know, handling the protection calls, the, the alerts, getting it to the line at a better chance to handle some of those alert calls so you're not doing them last minute and causing some false starts or something like that. And so I think you saw a, a, the, the depth of his, of his entire package. I mean, you know, you, the entire Dwayne Haskins experience, but it's what we've seen. It's why, the, for me, I say there's a lot of talent there. You just have to let it develop at the proper pace. And so, you know, I think you saw a lot of that. I think I think you're right about everything you said, and I made the point too that I've never said that he was immobile. I but he right. when he ran last year, which he ran a lot. I mean, first of all, you're playing in Urban Meyer's system. You're in the shotgun. You got a lot of zone read as part of the system. Um, he kept it a number of times in that. Um, but when he ran last year, he to me he ran more like Ben Roethlisberger. I saw a different mobility yeah. last night. I saw a guy that maybe has lost some weight, maybe added some quickness. Um, I loved his pocket presence last night, his decisiveness on those two scrambles. Um, but but yeah. I, you watched every play of every Ohio State game. I went to one of their games and watched a lot of them, and I saw a guy that was more athletic than the guy we saw most of the time last year. <clears throat> Most of the time, I think last year what happened with the runs was uh, uh, 
he wants to be in, sit in the pocket. He wants to use his arm to make plays and let those guys make plays. So I think for him, for a while, it was a lack of um, decisiveness as to when to run and uh, maybe a, I wouldn't say desire, because I don't want to say put that with him, but I think it's more of a, I want to throw the ball, you know? And, like, I think he started to see the benefits to him running. And I, I would say the Michigan game, for example, there were a couple plays where he was decisive getting out of the pocket where I thought, okay, and he avoided, he gained nine yards, but more importantly avoided a 10-yard sack because, he, because of that ability and the decisiveness to do that and not just saying, this, well, I'm going to make a play some way, somehow with my arm. So, and, you know, I think I'd be interested to see because after the training and the offseason and all that, you know, it could very well be, too, that with, you know, you lose a little bit of weight or you get a little more quickness, maybe there was some more of that, too, because you're seeing this last night at a different level of, in, of game speed as well. And, and I think there was, the one, there was the one rush, which was, I thought was impressive, where he got out of, which was, I think there was a blitz, and he kind of alluded to the left, and it almost hit right. Cam Sims for a touchdown. That one, to me, was really impressive. And I also say, Kevin, too, on the first, his first play of the game, that bootleg, he gets, he gets outside that pocket yeah, at the dude. right at a good space or good pacing. And I liked on that play, whereas the decisive, you know, you, get, you see the open guy, you hit the open guy. And the open guy, you, you know, high to low, he made the exact right decision on that one. And um, I mean, that was good. So, but that's where I thought, like, he is not, you know, um, again, he's not a statue. I think there was this, I don't know, belief, but because he's a pocket passer, that where is that? But I think it was better, and I thought it was good last night. And maybe because you're, again you're going at different game speed, it could be you could be right that maybe there was a different level of quickness attached to it. Yeah, I mean his two scrambles up the middle didn't look like Ben Roethlisberger scrambles. And no, he did not. And when I watched him last year, you know it was Ben Roethlisberger, it was Cardell Jones, you know to use another Ohio State quarterback recently. And he, you know, it wasn't that he couldn't do it. He wasn't Peyton Manning, you know, but, uh, but I just thought last night it looked like a different level, an increased yeah. level of mobility and quickness. And, and I also just loved, um, his feel on those two scrambles. Like he, you know, he, he had the pocket presence feel and he stepped up and he, he was decisive. And I liked that. There were a couple plays against Michigan and I, I'll be honest, I enjoyed bringing up that game. Yeah. <laughs> but but the reason why for him, there were a couple plays where he scrambled. They didn't. That was a pretty good defensive line they had. They didn't sack him. Right. And part of the reason they didn't sack him is because of his decision-making with that. And there, were, there was a play in particular, and this was a good one, that when I did this big story on him, and I talked about this play a little bit, but I also got this. I saw this from the Big Ten Network, and Jerry DiNardo, former college coach, sat down with him to watch film and going over some of that game. And there was a play where he said pre-snap, the look that Michigan showed was one that the blitz should have been coming hot over here on the left side. And instead, they sent a boundary corner from the other side on the blitz. So it, it got him right away. But what he did is right away, instead of sitting there, oh, I'm going to hold the ball and get rid of it, he immediately took off and gained nine yards. And it's like that's when you started to see, like, this kid can do that. It's just a matter of, you know, how much do you want to do that? You don't want to get caught up in doing that, but he can do it. And that's when, like I said, so some of that stuff that I saw last night is what I started to see late in the year from him, um, but it, and it carried over. But I do think, Kevin, to your point about the quickness, you're doing it at a different game speed, and so you have to be quicker, you know, because we've well, seen guys in college who can run. And, like, Cardale, could, Cardale ran a couple times in college, wasn't going to run in the NFL because nobody's, right. nobody's going to run away from or break away from. So, so you know, I think that was – I agree with you that that was a good thing. That he... I think you're, you're right. And, and I think also, you know, last year when you've got Paris Campbell and you've got Terry McLaurin and you've got K.J. Hill and you've got some of the weapons that they had or, you know, some of the backs like Weber and Dobbins, et cetera, when you've got those guys, they're always open when you step up in the pocket. Like if you've stepped up into the pocket and created a little bit more time, those guys are open. And that's not Correct. necessarily the case last night. So maybe we just saw a guy that, that you know, had to make a, a quicker decision and, and I, you know, yeah, I mean, I, it was encouraging to me. I, I, I was, I was really, I was happy to see it. I don't know that I expected to see it. I don't even know what it means because of, you know, all of the preseason game disclaimers. Um, but there's some things there naturally that he has that are encouraging. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, 
I'll be curious to see how he develops with his footwork and you know, he, he does throw sometimes not always stepping into the throw. That's right. You know what I mean? And I think I'll be curious to see how that goes. Um, but again, this is what I've seen from him. This is what in, in practices and training camp, there are times where he's making throws and like, you're not going to get away with that in a game. And you know that, and you're bypassing, you're not seeing something over here and you're t- trying to fit it into this tight window here that it's not, that's not an NFL throw. It's not, it's not an NFL decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it's one that's going to result in bad stuff. So how does he progress with that? And that's what we saw some of that last night. So yeah, I think there's stuff. It's the stuff that I've been seeing and it's the stuff that you can build off of this. And you know, you can't there. The other thing too is like, he like he likes to be aggressive. I think the key for him will be being aggressive and being smart. But he does, you know, he's willing to take a shot. He's willing to do that. And I think you can get paid off. We saw a payoff of Baker Mayfield on the other end, you yes. know. So, but, I, but yeah, those runs can serve as checkdowns for him, too. And you're right, going back to the Ohio State stuff, he, there are times in camp where he's a little bit, where he's late on things. And you'll hear Jay say it, yell it out, you're late, you're late, you're late. And the difference here is that last year you could be a little bit late because you knew that one of those guys is going to break free. Yeah. And it's going to be a touchdown if they do. And uh, here, it's going to be a sack or a pick. I do think, though, he throws with anticipation. And you and I both have had many conversations with Shanahan, and he emphasizes the importance yeah. of that to have it naturally. And I think he does. And by the way, you know, I was thinking as we were talking about, you know, the Ohio State stuff, and the Michigan game was just a phenomenal game. But, you were, you know, you, you, you sort of honed in on one of the flaws that we saw last night that you also saw last year, and that is sometimes the inconsistent footwork leads to a ball yeah. that's inaccurate. It sails. And do you remember, like, the Penn State game, I, they were in those first three quarters. I, I looked at this, I don't know, two months ago, so I may be a little bit off on the numbers, but they were like three for 18 on third down. And a lot of his throws were high and missed because of bad footwork. Same thing against Michigan State. They were like four for 18 on third down, and yeah. a lot of the balls sailed. And so we saw some of that last night. But that's coachable. Like the, that he can improve it is on. coachable. Absolutely. And part of that, too, what they want to do with that is get him to increase like the, the ability to read pre-snap because the sooner you right. can do that and they, right. cause they, what they want to do is they Great point. give yourself time to get your feet around to match your eyes. That's what they want to get to. And I think, you know, and then it's like, well, I, can you live with, can you, you know, you're going to lessen some of those inaccurate throws. Can you live with where it gets to when he makes those? Because the other thing, and he understood, here's the key to that. He understands that. And I, I talked to him about this in this that throws you got away with in college, you can't do in the NFL. All right, you, you broke up there, but I think we got the oh. gist of what you said there at the end. Um, if I have you, um, you know, clearly now, I'm going to ask one more question and then let you run. Uh, overall, do you think that this is just the way Jay treats the, this first game in the preseason, and really the preseason in general, with respect to starters? Um, what what are we going to see next week? Are we going to see the guys that are going to be on the field against the Eagles for significant numbers of plays, or next week we just going to get a series or two? Oh, I I think it'll just be a series or two because the trend the trend has been, as you know, in this league, the I know. trend is to get away from that. And so I, but you know, you're going to have to get some guys some action. But like you know, Morgan Moses coming off and Brandon Sheriff both coming off some things from last year. They're okay. They know the offense. They're okay. You know, um, Jordan Reed knows the offense. Chris Thompson knows the offense. And I think, I think, if everybody, excuse me, if everybody's going to cross their fingers when those guys are out there, then you're not going to put them out there a ton right now because you don't. They know what they're doing. Then it's a matter of are you, where are you at with the quarterbacks? And that, there's so much with that offense that it's like, man, they just need some work together. And they're splitting up all these reps makes it hard. Um, but I don't That's why they should use the reps available in these extra long preseason games because there are a lot of plays in these games. They should use these games to get everybody the reps. Yeah, well, and this is where like not practicing with somebody hurts them. Um, and I know there's different opinions on some of those practices. I've always thought they're beneficial. I think coaches think they are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's. I think this is where, and again, for Haskins, it's where it's going to be 
vitally important because he can now build on things and you get that tape. And he's a guy who will go over his tape and work really hard with that. But I think that'll be good for him. So I'd get him as many reps as I can because he needs that sort of experience. Um, and, you know, because he gets less reps in practice than those other two. Right. You know, not always a ton less, but definitely less. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that he's going to change all that much. And, and I think the last, you know, the last couple of years, I think, have scarred a lot of people there with these injuries. And, mm. um, you know, but, you know, you're, but he even said, like he said last week in practice, we were talking to him about um, some guys being hurt. He goes, hey, we were 7-9. and nine. Guys got to be out there. So that's the attitude for practice. But I think in preseason games, it's more like, okay, well, let's make sure we get to the next game. <laughs> John, thanks for jumping on. I know you're busy today. Um, follow him, of course, uh, at John underscore Kime, and he does all his work on ESPN and ESPN.com as the Redskins uh, uh, reporter, the Redskin Nation reporter, always does a great job, and I'm glad to have you on the podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, as always. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks to John Kime for coming on. Uh, that was helpful. Always like talking to John, and John's a big Ohio State fan and watched a lot of Haskins. And it sounds to me, I mean, he did. He sort of agreed with me that he he looked more mobile and more athletically mobile than he did last year, and there could be a number of reasons for that. Um, last thing before we run today, this is a huge series for the Nats this weekend in New York against the Mets, and the, the pitching matchups obviously will not include Scherzer. But you got Strasburg against Stroman tonight. First time the Nats have ever faced Stroman. You've got Corbin and Syndergaard on Saturday night. And then Sunday afternoon, Sanchez and DeGrom. This is a big, you know, early now approaching mid-August series. The Mets have won 13 of 14. And the Nats now are on a roll having won three in a row. And by the way, last night, great night for the Nats without even playing because the Braves and the Phillies lost. So the Nats are now five and a half behind Atlanta and two and a half clear of Philadelphia and New York. Um, This will be a big series for the Mets too. I would think that Met fans are going nuts right now and they are jacked up about this series uh, this weekend. Um... Anyway, looking forward to that. Uh, Be back Monday. Uh, Enjoy the weekend, everybody.